Welcome to the Spirit of Life Ministries. Spirit of Life Ministries aim is to call to the born-again body of believers to manifest the kingdom of God through the teaching and proclamation of the word of God, as well as the greater good for all humanity. Spirit of Life Foundation is based on Ephesians 4th chapter for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and fullness of Christ, to the edifying of the body of Christ in love. Spirit of Life Ministry's heart is for the restoration of the soul and greater good for all out of love. Please welcome now, Sister Beatrice Jackson. Thank you for joining Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. I give honor to the Trinity Godhead, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you for another opportunity to minister your word. I ask that you open the hearts of the hearers. Give them to be receptive to what you have to say for their lives concerning prayer in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask that you give me the grace to minister what you have given me. Holy Ghost, help me to decrease as you increase. All this I ask in Jesus' name, and I thank you for it. Amen. Well, praise God, we are yet in our series on prayer. And our foundation scriptures are found in Matthew 6, Matthew 16, and 2 Chronicles 7, 14. But I'm only going to read Matthew 6, verses 9 through 10 today. Jesus says to his disciples, pray like this. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on the earth, just as it is in heaven. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We left off last week uh, talking about that though we can pray according to the word and will of God, and we used the example of Elijah, how he prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years, And then later prayed uh, that it would rain. He was able to do that because he knew the word of God. Yet there are times when circumstances present themselves, whereas we just don't know what or how to pray. And I'll be reading Romans 8 verses 26 through 27 out of the Passion Translation. And then the 28th verse out of the King James Version. Verse 26 reads, And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. The King James Version says groanings. He makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. And that's with the capital S, talking about the Spirit of God, His Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads, excuse me, pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So the Holy Ghost fully understands our longings and the desires of the Spirit in order to pray 
according to the perfect will of God for our lives. When we don't know what to pray, when we don't know what to ask for, because of our human frailties, the King James says, because of our infirmities or human weaknesses, referring to our limitations, our lack of knowledge, understanding, whereas we don't know what to ask for concerning the perfect will of God for our lives. This is where the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in prayer because we're finite. He's doing the praying and interceding through us regarding our lives as well as other people at times. Praise God. And because of this, verse 28 goes on to say in the King James Version, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Praise God. Let's go back up to verse 26 and look at what Paul is talking about. The spirit making intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. And that word groanings in the Greek means stenagmos, stenagmos, which means to sigh. It's also an inward, unexpressed feeling of sorrow. It also means to shed tears, to weep silently, to weep audibly and and or cry as a child, to lament and to express grief by inarticulate or semi-articulate sounds. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever gone in in prayer and before you can even hit your knees, you're crying like a baby uncontrollably and don't know why you're crying. Before you can even get in your secret closet good, And I know we can pray anywhere, anytime, but I'm talking about those times of solitude, private prayer with the Lord. And before you can even get in your closet, your prayer closet, you're crying like a baby or you're going off in tongues, praying in tongues and don't know why. And it doesn't let up until the Holy Spirit lets up and releases us. And we we have the feeling that we've prayed through something that we don't always understand. Yet we know it's the will of the Lord, it's the will of God, because the Holy Ghost has done the praying. He has interceded on behalf of our lives or some situation, circumstances that are out of our control that we have no knowledge of. He has interceded on behalf of who and whatever it is, according to the perfect will of God in those instances. Praise God. Thank you. Let's look at what it means to express grief by inarticulate or semi-inarticulate sounds. What that means is being incapable of giving coherent, clear, or effective expression to one's ideas or feelings. It also means to be incapable of speech, especially under stress of emotion. And lastly, it means to utter is uttered or formed without the definite articulations of intelligible speech. So that's what it means to uh, express grief during those times by inarticulate or semi-articulate sounds. I also mentioned that sometimes the Lord can also give us a burden in prayer. And again, a burden in prayer given by the Lord is not burdensome. That's when the Lord places situations or someone that concerns him on our heart. And we're impressed to pray. 
We can feel this need to pray, even in urgency at times, to pray. We know we need to pray because the Holy Spirit is welling up and stirring in our spirit to do so. And we are co-laboring together with the Holy Spirit during those times when he gives us this burden in order to pray. Praise God. And it's not hurtful, uh, even though times uh, we, we can cry, but it's, it's not, it's not, it's kind of unexplainable. It's, it's not a, it's not a negative thing. Praise God. Because it's given by God. And we feel a oneness. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. A oneness with the Holy Ghost, a oneness with the Lord on behalf of situations. And what an honor, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost to give us these kind of burdens burdens concerning the heart of the Father. Praise God. Thank you. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> this is also time when we pray in the Spirit, meaning we pray in tongues, whereas we are speaking directly to God. And before I go forward, I need to say this is not just limited to, to where we're in a church service. This is also part of our, our, our private prayer life with the Lord. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14th chapter. We're going to look at the 14th verse. And I am reading from the Amplified Version this time. It reads, For if I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. The King James Version says, my mind is unfruitful. It goes on to say, because it does not understand what my spirit is praying. And that is because the Holy Spirit is doing the interceding. He is doing the praying. But we don't have an understanding of that, of what we're praying. Yet we know that the will of the Lord is being prayed out, is being prayed in the earth concerning our lives as well as others. Let's go to verse 2. <clears throat> verse 2 reads, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people. The, the King James Version says, It doesn't speak to man, but speaks to God. For no one understands him or catches his meaning, but by the Spirit he speaks mysteries, secret truths, and hidden things. See, we are praying out mysteries and unknown things when we speak directly to God. And we have a direct audience with God in our heavenly language. And he understands everything that the Holy Spirit is praying. Because it's our spirit that's praying, not us. It's beyond human understanding. It bypasses our mind. Oh God, thank you. It bypasses our mind. It's the mind of God praying. It's the mind of Christ Praying in the Spirit, praying the perfect will of God for our lives when we don't know what to pray. Praise God. Thank you. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's the good part. Yet we cannot talk about prayer and bypass what hinders our prayers. So that said, let's go to Mark, the 11th chapter, and this is where Jesus is telling, um, he's teaching the disciples that we can speak to the mountain and whatever we say, it will be moved. We can remove the mountain and it'd be cast into the sea. But there's a catch down in verse 25 of Mark 11, where he says, and when he stand praying, <laughs> praise God, thank you. 
Forgive if ye have aught. And I'm reading from the King James Version. Excuse me. I'm going back and forth. If ye have aught or anything against anyone, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So we have to learn to drop the issue, let it go, and forgive others when we want our prayers answered. Otherwise, unforgiveness is something that can hinder our prayers being answered. We must have a forgiving heart, a forgiving spirit, praise God. Another thing that can happen and to hinder our prayers is if we pray amiss, or what James calls unwise prayers. And I will be reading this out of the Amplified Version. It reads, You ask God for something, and do not receive it because you act with wrong motives. And that's what it means to pray amiss, unwise prayers and wrong motives. Out of selfishness or with an unrighteous agenda. So that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your hedonistic desires. So see, this is, this is selfish. It's self-centered. And this it has nothing to do with Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven concerning the Father. This is totally different. In Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus clearly lets us know that if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things, whatever it is, shall be added unto us. God the Father has given all things to us as his children richly to enjoy. They'll be added unto us. They'll be given unto us. So we need to have our, our priorities straight. Otherwise, we don't always get what we ask for in prayer. I do thank you for joining me. I hope that this, this series on prayer is blessing your life. It's blessing my life to have to study even deeper and share the things that I know. I'm not an expert, but yet I, I do want to share with others that which God has given and taught me in my personal life. Well, praise God. This is Spirit of Life Ministries. I am Sister B. I do thank you for joining me. And until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Life Ministries, an end-time ministry purpose for revival of the heart toward God, restoration of the soul for the hungry and the lost. Revelation twenty-two seventeen says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let those that hear say, Come. And let them that are athirst come, they that will, let them take the water of life freely. If you would like to contact or be a blessing to the ministry, Spirit of Life Ministries can be reached at 414-249-5121. Until next time, thank you and God bless you.